Hello and welcome to For All Mankind, the podcast. A podcast by mums for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I will sit down and chat to a mum about motherhood. The ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is an entrepreneur, an advocate for sustainable living, creative director at Manly, an Irish women's wear fashion and jewellery brand. She's a co-founder of Bloss, a retail pop-up supporting Irish designers and mum to baby Tig. It's Emma Manley. Hello, hello, hello. Thank hello. you for having me on. And thank God that this is a podcast so people can't see uh, my my sweat ash. <laughs> it is hot out there today. And we have a baby in studio the first time. I'm so excited. Say hi, Tyag. Yeah, nothing still. <laughs> <laughs> Invite us back in a year. <laughs> so how are you doing? Great. Yeah, really great. Um, it's it's a whirlwind. It's mad. Um. But I feel good. I feel really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And how's how's we tag? Oh, he's great. Like, yeah, do you know, um, he's thriving now. Like he always, I suppose, has been in a way, but um being that little bit early, I think I perhaps maybe worried a little bit at the start that, you know, oh God, is he coming on enough? And is he doing what kids are doing? And as my sister said to me, you ain't going to make a Einstein in his first few months. So chill the beans. <laughs> so he's doing great. You know, it's a lovely time at the moment because you kind of start to see the personality and the, the everything's coming through. He's excited. Like you can see him in here today. Yeah. He's like, this place is different. Yeah. This isn't my home. And just simple things like going out for a walk now, like the excitement overload by when we wheel the buggy under trees. Oh, it's they just, love it, don't yeah, they? Totally. And it's like, this is bliss because you're getting something back. Yeah. Yeah, They, I think they hold back that interaction until you need it as a mum. Yeah. And then yeah. they kind of go, I'm going to give her a bit of love back now. I'm going to show her actually. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I feel like he, he responds to me as well. Yeah. And that's kind of nice. Whereas before I was like, does he even know I'm feeding him? Does yeah. he even know that I'm changing his nappy in the middle of the night? Does he even know anything? Whereas now I'm like, Dude, you know it's me. You know that the milkmaker is attached <laughs> to me. And it feels good to know that, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And your own childhood. So you come your mom is an entrepreneur as well, isn't that right? Yeah, I would I would say my dad would have been the big entrepreneur. Oh, Both really? of my parents were okay. self employed. My mom is definitely an entrepreneur in her own right. Um, she so, was a, a designer, so yeah. I, I didn't lick it off a stone, did I? Yeah, exactly. So th- you obviously got r- massive inspiration from your own home. Oh God, yeah. It's you know like what they say about kids. It's kind of like monkey see, monkey do, and I think I'm, I'm basically the the perfect mix of that in terms of I don't mean that I'm perfect, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I am. I am a product of Shishi and Dave, and there's no questioning it. Um, you know, when you grow up in a household like that and you understand that everything that your parents do for their businesses is, you know, for benefit of their businesses and our family, it's very different to, you know, seeing your parents go off to work every day for the man and you're kind of like, oh, they're taking my mummy's time. It's mm-hmm. like, no, my mummy chooses to go to work because she wants to be able to, you know, keep the roof over her, our head and to put food on the table. And it's a very different way of of seeing parents work yeah you know no way is better um but it's definitely just the way I learned um yeah and do you think you've taken inspiration from your mum as a as a mum now yourself gotcha yeah like that woman just I think it's when you become a mum you understand and there's so much about my mum that I've always admired 
Um, and you know what a, part, a lot of people don't really realise is my dad passed away when I was 15. Um, yeah, I was very young. Um, my eldest sister, Louise, would have been maybe 21, 22 at the time. Um, and then Sarah, 19. So, you know, my mum was kind of left being a single parent um, to a kid who's at a, a very kind of formative age. All three of us were, you know, but Louise, I suppose, had gone through secondary and she'd gone through college and she was in the working world. She was in a grad program at the time. Sarah was in college. I was, you know, in transition year. Um, so I still had a, a lot of my life ahead of me. Um, so I admire her greatly for being the woman that she was, the working mum who was self-employed, working from home an awful lot and also bringing up three children to then being you know, what I do consider to be, you know, a, a solo parent. Yeah. Um, and she's the most selfless person that I've ever met in my life. And now only becoming a mum makes me understand just how selfless she is. And sometimes I just want to shake her and say, you know what, mum, you do you for a while. But that is her. Yeah. It, she's giving. Um, and she's never going to be anything different. All she wants is for us girls to be happy. I think that's her, her main aim in life is is to make sure that we have, you know, beautifully happy lives because when we're happy, she's happy. And now with Tyg in the world, I, I just think, what's my ultimate goal? You know, I want yeah. him to be looked after and happy. Yeah. I get it. And um, you speak, as you have there, so highly of your mum and you described her as being credible. And if you could be half the mum that she is, you be happy. So you've mm. obviously taken a lot from her. Yeah. Um, and she's supporting you now as well. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Like, again, I'm just so grateful for her input and everything. You know, she's, I did, um, I did an interview when I was pregnant, right? And they, they asked a question, something about, you know, what's so great about your mum? Like what, what's so great about what she's been like during pregnancy? And um, whatever way I said it, they, they totally skewed it. But I was like, she doesn't give too many opinions. So sometimes mum will bite her tongue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I might I might have said things back then that she probably very much understood because her being self-employed back in the day um, when she was bringing us up probably said the exact same things as me where I was like, it'll be fine. You know, sure, I work from home anyway and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do the other. And you don't take into consideration baby brain. You don't take into consideration the fact that it takes you an hour to get into that zone of working and then guess what you're in a ticking time bomb because even though he sleeps really well and his three hour nap can sometimes be four you know what sometimes it's one yeah. um and she would just kind of bite her tongue in those situations and not say you know what Emma because you have to learn things for yourself and people yeah. need to know that like opinions aren't always the best thing yeah um and even now she's incredible you know I did have to go back to work after you know when Thaik was only three months to be fair I was in the studio from the day after he came home um, from hospital because we've an online store and I am <laughs> the person behind the scenes packing up the orders and sending them to you you know the majority of the time yeah. Um, but she now takes them on Wednesdays so on Wednesdays I am baby free which initially broke my heart but he's with Granny Shishi they have an incredible relationship um it's it's actually the most beautiful thing to see her with him mm -hmm. um and to see that bond she has five other grandchildren uh and she is like the affection that each of the kids have for her is insane everybody loves granny shishi and she gives everybody time 
Um, and I just look forward to him having that bond with her and yeah. I'm starting to see it now and it's just it's the most beautiful thing yeah. it really is and for that day I know that he is so loved and so looked after and you know he's actually probably safer than when he's with me <laughs> I'm still learning she knows everything you know yeah. um so like that you're an entrepreneur and you're running the business and you're a new mum and you've gone back for, to work and you put up that picture um, it's the most beautiful black and white when you're kissing his head and you can just see the heartbreak in your in your eyes and I was bawling. You're bawling. Mm. And there is some reassurance, isn't there, that when you have it's a mum that's minding it's a little bit I think for, for myself, I did find it a bit easier going back to work. Like I dreaded it and I was like, Oh God But I kind of felt look, at least it's going to mom. You know, yeah. it there's a little bit of comfort in that. But you went back so early and I get that my husband's self-employed and there is nobody else to run the business when you are self-employed. And it's very hard mm-hmm. being a woman and self-employed. Yeah. Like the business can't run without you. Yeah. Look, there's so many things that I want to say in this because, you know, Instagram is not something that I'm very natural at. It's not something either that I want in some ways to be part of my life. But these days it is a must particularly when you run your own business and people want to know the person behind the brand and I get that but I'm also equally an incredibly private person and the only pictures I've ever put up of him are two and they're from the back and you'll never see anything more of him on Instagram and that's you know my my decision and that post was particularly personal and I put it up to be honest because everyone's always talking about honesty um and we can all put up these polished pictures and oh dealing sneeze time um we can all put up these pictures of you know and I, I'm I'm as bad for it you know perfect dinners that I've spent hours cooking and I'm really proud of but there's also little moments that people need to know about and I kind of felt that people thought I got so many messages saying oh you're flying it and duck to water and da-da-da. and you're like yeah but there's also bumps in the road here and I'm trying to make the most of these three months that I have just me and him um because now I go back to my modified old life yeah um and it just it broke my heart and on that day in particular I'd I'd received some bad news uh, about a pal of mine and just emotions were running high and I remember Owen saying to me you know you can call me anytime and tell me if you're having a bad day and I was like honey really appreciate it but like right now I'm I'm having great days everything's great like you know I felt so good and I took that picture to send to him to say I want you to know that my little heart's broken over what I have to do tomorrow and just know that tonight you know I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the hey your dinner's on the table and oh this is so much fun and look at what we made isn't he perfect and all the rest I kind of knew I was going to be a bit down um and then I ended up not sending it to him for a few hours and then I posted it that evening because I kind of thought this is the reality and there's a lot of mums out there who are in the same situation and I just you know you kind of want to say guys you know we're in this together and let's be honest about it and I my heart was broken broken but then I went into work the next day and you know the joy of going in and having I so I work with the colleges to basically do internship programs And this is the whole reason as to why the studio was completely shut because I can't stand over having students there when I'm not there to teach them. That's what's called slave labour, you know. Um, So what I do is we do education day on Wednesday and then putting it into practice on Thursday. So then I started my day with two new girls starting 
and they're so eager to learn and they're so excited about the fashion industry and they're like oh my god look at this studio there's so many shiny things and look at all this leather and it's so exciting that like straight away it was like I'm home yeah you know and then yeah come on four o'clock I was there going yeah I can't wait to have my buddy back yeah but it it and I don't feel bad about saying that it's something that I was so excited to go back as well it's just you have to take a moment to remember that that period of pregnancy that period of birth then you taking the newborn home the just that lovely little bubble of on like not knowing what you're doing that actually is coming to an end yeah and that's how I felt yeah it is because up until that point you it's just you and Tyke and it's yeah it's uninterrupted yeah and then once that interruption happens you kind of know that cocoon that you've been in mm-hmm. is coming to an end and that's a real it is a hard thing to kind of go yeah this is this yeah. is the next stage totally but as yeah. human beings we don't like change no and that's what I kept telling myself I was like you know what we don't like change but this is a bit of a change but guess what give it you know 24 hours and guaranteed you'll start to see the benefits of it. And I do now. Because yeah. my week is broken up. I'm really then, you know, focused on him Monday, Tuesday and Friday. And then the weekends are family time. And it also makes me understand what Owen has to go through every day going to work. Like, for anybody to think that men don't feel it. Or women, depending on. Like, there's plenty of stay-at-home dads there these days. Um, You know, and also there's, you know, same-sex marriages. And, you know, it might be... One of the females going to work, one staying at home with the child, no matter what the makeup of the family is, there's a lot of the time one person who has to go out the door to work every morning. And I know the look in his face when he comes over to his Moses basket and gives him his little kiss and tells him he loves him before he goes to work. And that breaks my heart. And now I have to do that. And I actually think it's a really good lesson. Yeah. You know, yeah. it makes me sympathise with him a bit more. Completely, yeah. Um, and so your mum minds him on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's and you were talking there about the relationship that they have and I can completely empathize with that because my parents mind Alice mm-hmm. um a few days a week for us and it is I've always been envious of the other grandkids who have that amazing relationship yeah and you're kind of looking at them going I hope when I have a baby that they'll have the same and now my dad collects Alice and like it's so lovely to hand her over and yep. she's so happy and excited to head off in the car and she's literally like waving at you and totally. you're like she's she's queen for a day yeah like that's exactly how it is yeah Yeah. you never have to worry really yeah and it's nice because you get like I put up on my Instagram and like that anyone that follows me on Instagram will know I always I I'm naturally a very private person but again people need to know want to know me from the podcast and Mm -hmm. Alice but as well I protect her privacy and I would be very I do curate her pictures because it's not her choice to be on my Instagram so you know I've kind of opted her out of it so uh, I put up a photo that a night it was the night after the primetime investigates mm-hmm. with the creches and it's a, just a picture of her like emptying out a press in my gra- in my parents house as she does now that she's crawling and just kind of saying to people look the yes this whole crash thing is awful but that's a select few and you know don't lose heart if you are dropping off your child yeah. to crash and there were so many mums underneath and I suppose it kind of gave me a bit of warmness towards Instagram that there was a one mum had commented and said I'm so she said she's six months her baby six months and she's going back to work soon and seeing that documentary just broke her heart of course it did and all those mums and underneath going look it's awful it'll be okay but 
you know not all crashes are like that and it was that camaraderie that came in around that one mum yeah it's beautiful when you do see that and I was like oh I'm so glad I shared that photo because it it sparked a lovely little group hug within that little conversation and we need that you know we absolutely need that yeah it is um it's a, it's a very, it's a going back to work and, and breaking that cocoon or even if it's like that, it's one day, it doesn't matter. It does, it just kind of, it kind of brings you back to reality out of that b- bubble. Absolutely, of course it does. Um, And you're keeping in with your work, you wore manly throughout your pregnancy. Like you were the most <laughs> stylish mum to be. It was gorgeous. I, I don't know about that. Um, Yeah, I suppose even just the way my body changed during pregnancy was kind of just perfect for manly as well um so I I actually was I showed very very early on I remember sending out a picture of me standing in front of a mirror and I was like there has to be twins in here and there's a history of twins in his family and I don't know if it comes from the male or the female or what but we were 100% sure that day when we were going in for the scan that there was two babies in there because I was so big um, and then all of a sudden I just stopped growing. So, you know, I, I, I kind of, I was able to keep things. Most people didn't know I was pregnant until I was five months. Um, and I suppose Manly by its nature is, I just, I see Manly as being, it's your everyday cool, but it's what you can wear to work and look polished and then maybe put on a pair of heels at, yeah. in the evening and go on date night or equally the way I do it is put on a, a big pair of bloody brogues and you look you know a t-shirt underneath your dungies whatever it might be you can dress it up dress it down and because you know we we tend not to go for the super fitted like you're never going to see manly doing a bodycon dress like that's not in our our blood um it just meant that my clothes my wardrobe transitioned so beautifully from me pre-babies pre-pregnancy pre-everything to now um now it's not to say I haven't learned anything so I did ac- I did wear Manly right up until the end. The only other things I wore were other Irish designers. I wore a lot of Jill de Burka and a lot of electronic sheep. Yeah, there, there he is. He's now found his voice. <laughs> um, and th- yeah, so I, I definitely learned an awful lot. So I have been in the back- background working on Manly maternity um, and various other things. But then I was there going, do we need a maternity line? Is this... Is this my my aim? Because everybody kept saying, oh, when you have a baby, you'll make a baby line. I was there going, no, no, definitely not. Um, so what I'm working on now are pieces that are pregnancy friendly, breastfeeding friendly. Um, and I don't know if you ever saw the post that Vogue Williams did, but she put up a picture of her in our Layla dress. And we've been doing the Layla dress now. Do you know what, actually? I remember I was sitting in Mulligans and Stony Batter with my sister and her firstborn, Emily, was there. And she said something about, I just want to be able to go out for a lunch like this. My mum and her were, my mum was taking her out for lunch and <laughs> I hopped on board. And Emily was still very, very young. And she was like, but I want to wear something nice that I can just button down, feed, button back up with one hand, but still feel like I'm wearing something lovely. And it's not the general breastfeeding stuff mm-hmm. out there. And it's not the high street stuff that's going to go in the wash and just yeah. disintegrate within two minutes. Um, and that's actually how that dress was born and then Vogue Williams had bought it god long before long before she posted that picture and she was six months pregnant in it and I just went that's how I want Manly to be and it's not that I would want for all of our customers to be of the age where they will then go on to have kids but if you do have children if you do get pregnant that 
the clothes aren't wasted. Exactly, yeah. You know, because I think it's really tough when you become pregnant, especially for me. I didn't want to lose my identity. Like, I am manly. And I was there going, I I can't be forced to go into a shop and buy stuff. Like, absolutely not. But you know what? I quickly learned. I went to a, a work event one night when I was four months pregnant and I hadn't told people at all. And I wore one of our uh, leather wrap skirts and I was still wearing a size eight at that point. Dealing reach. Um, and I didn't realize the whole stomach expansion in the evenings. I just kind of <laughs> pulled it up a little bit more and I nearly keeled over at the work event. Like literally, I was like, I can't breathe. And I was like, oh, we're leaving. And I remember walking around Stephen's Green in my clip clop heels. I had a big wool jacket on me. And I had to like literally take off the skirt and hold it up over me because I was in that much pain and I was that out of breath with the skirt being on me. So, you know, you learn, okay, you're not going to put on your little leather minis anymore, Emma, but what you can wear are. So, yeah, I'm excited about, you know, working on that a little bit more and trying to develop more ranges and specific pieces that are just more transitional for you know people like me that are in this period of of life where you know there's been pregnancy there's been babies and there might be more yeah and it's sustainable as well so you're not you know buying something just for six months and you have to go well I'm parking that now you know it's yeah and you can keep your identity definitely um because when you do for me you know I definitely choose key items you know and I would invest in key pieces and you're kind of like even now I'm finally getting back into those pieces and you're like oh this is home do you know, there's yeah. some things that you just have in your wardrobe that are just yeah almost like a second home to you you know they're kind absolutely of, yeah. yeah so that's it's be fab to have a range that can just you know just continue continue on. with you, yeah. you know? absolutely be part of your journey um and you said at the start there that Tig came a little bit early, so he kind of mm-hmm. rushed into the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I often forget that part. <laughs> I think that's what uh, was that like? Um, so he came I in one day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Twenty-seven days, um, to be exact. Yeah, look, it's it's mad because sometimes, like Owen will say to me, like your memory is so skewed, Emma. You have no idea. Um, but then you also have to remember that the man's view is very, very yeah. different. Um, so yeah, look, I had said from the get-go, I actually thought that the dates were wrong. Now, I've since been proven wrong because the hospital are like, okay, we get people like you all the time. Your dates weren't wrong because he he measured really small at what we thought was the three-month scan. Okay. Um, and they were basically saying that their dates were like, what was it, the, the 11th of April or something like that. Um, and I was like... I just don't, that can't be right. That can't be right. But it is. And it was what it was. Um, but I then went off and told a lot of people our date. <laughs> the naivety of it all. So then when we actually had him, some people were like, oh, he wasn't actually that early. And I'm like, yeah, we, we totally gave the wrong due date, but however. Um, but I always thought he would be early. I cannot explain it, but I had a feeling. And I think I'm a really like impatient person by nature. And it's not like I came early, you know, I think we all went over um, on my mom's pregnancies. But I just had this feeling in my bones that I was never going to go full term. Um, Yeah, I definitely did. So I would say in some ways I was somewhat prepared. But for all those feelings, people kept saying to me, oh, you have to stop saying that, Emma, because you could go two weeks over and God bless you, you'll be that person. And you're going to hate it because you're just going to constantly be like, I thought, I thought, I thought. Yeah. So, you know, I hadn't finished work. And um, that was probably the biggest strain when I went into hospital that people didn't know the situation. And people were there going, where's my package? And why haven't you paid your bill? And just general work stuff. 
but yeah it was mad um my waters broke at home on the couch and I remember we were in the middle of laughing we'd been having a conversation and I was talking about the storm outside and Owen was talking about Stormy Daniels and it was just complete baby brain on my part that I continued a conversation about something that was totally wrong and then we just broke our hearts laughing going wow like I've been reduced to this um and I honestly thought that I'd peed myself laughing and went to the bathroom and thought of all the ways that I could break it to my husband that I've entered this last phase of pregnancy where these things now happen and I was mortified and then you realize that you're still peeing on the toilet eight minutes later and then they're going this isn't I'm not I'm not peeing am I what on earth is going on because you don't know your first time no you haven't a clue you're so shocked aren't you it's yeah. I'm sure you were the same where you're there going what like oh oh my god and then I was there going okay so what date are we and you're trying to figure it all out in your head but to be honest I think we were both um I surprised I was I was massively surprised by how calm we both were it was just a case of you know let's call the hospital um and they just clearly they have on a screen in front of them what my due date was and they were like you need to get in here immediately it wasn't a case of are you having contractions it was like this is a preterm baby you need to come in right now and stupid me I put the immersion on to get the hot water going because I honestly thought we'd run around to the you know to the coom it's like a five minute walk away and I thought they were going to say nice sweetheart why don't you go home and labor in the bath and I'd requested a water birth and all the rest I thought all of this was going to happen yeah um like little did I know that when we went in that it was a different scenario and just as well to say in this you know I think Tyg is what you call a preterm baby um now he's so very almost not a preterm baby there's people out there that have kids so 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 early on and it's such like a hardship for them because they've got kids up in special care units for months on end so I just don't want to when I say preterm I sometimes just feel really bad that I'm even using that word because in general people just think of preemie babies as being babies who were born at five six months and you know he was eight months so I'm very aware that we are incredibly lucky that he did only come that early but he's still in the eyes of the health system is what you would call a preterm baby you know um but yeah like it was it was not what we had imagined it being but I suppose I'd always said to own we have a birth plan and it's not probably going to be what happens and we were both very 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 open to it and I had my little candles packed and we had you know um we picked our the album that we were going to play for the birth and it was the gloaming and that's what we'd wanted and yes we still got the little fake tea lights and we had the gloaming playing playing the whole time and it wasn't in a water it wasn't in a um a birthing pool or anything like that but it was still absolutely perfect and yeah. I think you have to be very open to that. Completely. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was it was kind of, I went into hospital on the Saturday and he didn't come until the Wednesday and there was contractions the whole time. Really? Oh God, yeah. Bar. I remember I got like a two hour window and we decided to call my mum. I didn't want to frighten anyone. Yeah. And we were dealing with it just fine, you know. And I was like, you know what, let's just not tell them for a couple of days. And we can just deal with this ourselves and not worry anybody because also my sister had just had a baby. And mum had just come back from visiting her and baby Art over in London. And then he was also in hospital and, you know, he'd had meningitis. Um, so there was a lot going on yeah. in the family and I was just adding to that burden and I didn't want to, to do that. But then the message goes around, everyone coming over for Sunday dinner? Oh, no. Oh, if you don't write back to that message, you are excommunicated. 
So we said, right, we'll give her, we'll give her a call and let her know. Um, so her and my sister, bless them, came into hospital that day to visit me, and Owen went home just to get stuff sorted. Um, turn off the immersion. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and all and all the rest of the stuff. God forbid, we'd we'd come home to a big old bill. And um, yeah, I remember being down in the the Starbucks cafe in in the Coombe, and I just know I just started getting the contractions again, and my mum just looked at me and says, "Have they started again?" I said, "Yeah," and she's like, "Right, upstairs you go." And, you know, you got those little windows. I think there was twice where they just completely stopped. But other than that, yeah, like it was no sleep, no anything for those four and a half days. And at night, like Owen would be sent home and I'd go out to the stairwell and labour on my own. I had this window that I used to look out and the cold air would come rushing in and it was beautiful. And you could just see a view of Dublin that I'd never seen before. And it's around the corner from where I lived. And I'd put on, you know, a podcast or music or whatever it might be and just get in the zone and, you know, you do your job, you rotate those hips and you do whatever it is that makes you feel okay at that time. Yeah. But I don't know if you find this, you're, you're just, your body, you just go into, this is what you have to do. Yeah. And you do it. You do it. Um, I had a really fast labour, like I'm just, did you? you? days, I had hours. Wow. Yeah. Alice was in a rush and now I was induced but it went from like zero to a hundred but in like yeah I mean there was waters broken to holding Alice within three hours wow um yeah I kind of surprised everybody my um obstetrician and even the midwives they kind of didn't realize and it was only in my own head that mm-hmm. I remember my antenatal class and there was she had a long um graph of what a labor should look like (laughs) (laughs) so she had these as she called them these waves and peaks (laughs) and then there was these lulls and in my head that came into my head and I was like where are these lulls I'm not getting any lull it was just like peak 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 and I turned to Ben I was like if this is early labor like I can't go on this is seriously intense yeah and then he went out to the the nurses and was like she's kind of like she's pretty tough lady but she's like no, she's kind of hurting. Yeah. <laughs> she's hurting real bad yeah. in there. <laughs> so yeah, really, really, really fast. So I always laugh. Like you got to use your candles and stuff. Yeah. I had this beautiful, like we bought, when Dwayne bought a beautiful like labor bag and I had like oils and scents and mists and, you know, uh, like cloths, you know, for the whole thing. Oh, the face bag, spritz, the yeah. works. Yeah. The bag yeah. was not opened. Yeah. yeah. The bag arrived in and it only got opened when they looked for an outfit for Alice and then it got <laughs> opened <laughs> but it's so funny you have these ideas and you can have your birth plan but you have to go with the flow as well don't yeah. you I think the best thing to do is to just know that yeah because I never felt let down exactly. you know like I, I'll never forget that night we went in and the the doctor sitting there and I said oh yeah so can I still have a water birth and you could just see her look at me and I was like no, like it's it's okay if I can't I, I, I just I, I thought it would be okay and she was like first of all you're preterm and second of all like we're keeping the baby in as long as we can so you're not you're not going to be having a baby tonight and I was like oh and just that like okay and Owen was just very laxy daisy about it he was just like okay that's fine and I think if I'd have said to him but I want a water birth yeah he would have turned around and slapped me you know he would have been like come on Emma but instead he was just like yeah that's fine isn't it and I was like okay so I kind of took the lead from him I was like okay that is fine yeah yeah okay we'll just make alternative plans and then I was like or let's not plan 
because we've no idea. Like every day we thought we were going to have that baby. Really? Yeah, every day. Like every day I'd look at him and I'd be like, honey, today's the day. Because I was, I was convinced I was having a girl and I was like, she is moving down. I can feel it. And I, I tell him and then we just got used to the fact that on the rains every morning that they were going to say to us, no, you're not, you're not. And they did. They had me booked in for an induction at when they felt his lungs would have been fully developed. Yeah. Um, but I ended up going before that. Um, I was induced as well, but I think it was just, it was a case of, I think it, it happens a lot with preterm babies that um, part of the laboring process happens, but another part doesn't because okay. as the midwife explained to me, um, he's inside going, hang on a second, you know, I've, I've paid my rent up until 40 weeks. I'm, I'm not leaving here. And that's how, how it works. So your body's going, okay, we need to get the baby out, but the baby's going, I'm not doing that last bit. Okay. And they're quite sleepy and all the rest of yeah. it. So that's why a lot of people are induced, you know, in preterm. And actually one thing that um, I just, I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but the coom gave us this little bookmark when we were leaving a part of our, our pack. And it was for a service called Birth Reflections. And basically you get to go in and speak to a midwife about your experience. And it was the most reassuring thing that I'd ever had. Because she sat me down, told me everything, why it happened or why they felt it happened. And then also the chat about, so what happens if you go even earlier next time? Yeah. And you have all these questions and they're there to answer them. That's amazing. Yeah. Because um, I knew they did that in the NHS, that you can go back and get your maternity notes and it can be at any duration. So even if it was, let's just say, like 10, 15 years ago, but you were still, you know, if it was still sitting on your mind or playing on your mind, you could go back in and look at your notes with a midwife. Yeah. So that's lovely because if you do have an unusual birth or you're kind of going, you have a few questions around it, it kind yeah. of gives you a bit of peace of mind, doesn't it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it, I have to say. It was just two hours of going through the plan and yeah. understanding better why what happened happened. Yeah. Um, But still, look, with, with him coming early with everything, I think it was still the most amazing time. Um, Like... I know this is going to sound odd, but I really, really enjoyed labour. Hallelujah for the <laughs> epidural. <laughs> so you still got to have your epidural? Yes. Yeah. Um, I got the injections. I can't remember. Oh, the pethidine? Yeah. So I never wanted pethidine at all. Um, but again, I remember just pulling a midwife. Her name was Emma as well. And I just said, Emma, what would you do? And she was like, uh, I would absolutely take the pethidine at this point because it can actually, it'll it'll give you some sleep and you haven't slept in four days. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I got the pethidine. They sent Owen home, said that I'd sleep. I didn't sleep. I pretended to be asleep because I knew Owen needed his sleep. Yeah. Um, and then when the minute he left, I was like, right, I want gas and air because I knew things were happening. Things were really heating up. Um, and then when we were being kind of wheeled into the, the labouring ward to be induced... I kind of, I remember saying to Owen, like, because he said when he got back to the hospital, I was on all fours on the bed, like howling, like at the moon or something. I don't know. I was off my rocker. And I was saying to him, you know, what do you think? What do you think? Will I be getting an epidural? And he was like, you're getting the epidural, Emma. You can't, like, you need to do this for yourself. And the guy who administers them walked into the room. And I remember just seeing him and just, like, it was an instant love affair. I was like, come here to me, you get that into me now and the minute I remember asking him how long like how many more contractions do I physically have to go through until I and he was just not really answering and I think I had one more and then I just never had that horrific pain again and it was it just made everything easier and beautiful yeah 
and me and Owen had that lovely time together of and I think as well him not seeing me like in that pain yeah for yet another day yeah was a great thing yeah and I think as well you get to enjoy the birthing yeah because you're not in agony no. like that's and that is one thing for me I, I got it the, literally at the very very end and so I was on gas and air basically I didn't get into like about nine and three quarters I'd say um oh, and yeah. I did gas and air up until then but because Jeez. you're on gas you're you are out of it like yeah and I had like a seriously strong grip on that gas <laughs> that was going nowhere <laughs> even when I had that epidural they're like you can let go of the gas and I was like no 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 this yeah. is the backup yeah yeah this, this epidural doesn't work this is my backup yeah so I kind of do wish I had it a little bit earlier so maybe I wouldn't have had so much gas totally I think these days you know I, I'd always said oh I'd love it to be as natural as possible and I was doing all my exercises to keep you know as in shape to make the yeah. labor easier all these things that you know you think are going to help but I just didn't want chemicals in my body and then when the time came I was like don't be a martyr and I like I say well done everybody does it their own way and well done if you can do that yeah but for me I would not question it next time yeah um I I will absolutely be getting an epidural and you know next time it'll be you know hopefully a different situation and it's not so you know there's not as many complications um but I, I definitely I wouldn't be against them at all now whereas before like even in, in the and this just shows like how everybody has these kind of preconceived ideas but in you know the um the prenatal classes when they were saying and who's going to have an epidural and all these hands were flying up and I was like girls like you know why don't you just aim not to have them and then see what happens now I'm like I will be in that class with my hand up first going I will be taking one if I need one that is not a problem yeah um, you do you just you don't know so you kind of yeah you kind of you know the second time though yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so you're feeding Tig yourself yeah how I am. is your breastfeeding journey going yeah look I I feel I feel blessed because it's it's actually been what I would call somewhat easy um so he was up in um special care for three days after he was born and he had to be tube fed so I again I'd always kind of said oh well can be feed I'd love for him to be able to whip out a bottle whenever he needs um but then as time went on I was like I'll just pump and give him a bottle at the end of the day but I'm not one of these exclusive breastfeeders um I've no qualms about him getting formula at any time so when he was up in special care um I was hand expressing and that was going into the tube first and they were brilliant about doing that and it was all about you know getting as much of my milk into him as possible and then it would follow on with formula because they needed him to put on weight yeah. Um, you know he was tiny and I think I had anticipated that because of that that he wouldn't you know breastfeed naturally yeah. Um, but they also any anytime they could like I was literally up there every two hours for those three days your alarm clock was going off every time you got into bed to get up hand express go up you, you were on it you were on the clock like um and every time I'd go up if they felt like he'd enough energy so not every time but every few times they'd say do you want to pop him on and even though he was probably asleep because he was sleeping for 23 and three quarter hours of every day it was still just to have that contact for him to smell me. Yeah. And now I appreciate that more than ever because then when he did come down to the ward to me, 
straight away on the boob not a problem and you know everything has been fine since now in saying that there has been a few issues with his weight um he packed on the pounds for the first month two months and then he didn't put on anything for the third so there was clearly an issue um and I've dealt with it as best I can you know it doesn't mean that you don't worry like my god there was definitely tears over it um I remember telling Owen I actually thought that he was going to be so mad at me and I I regret ever thinking that he would have thought that because he was just so understanding he was like it's nothing you're doing Emma it's fine but Tyg also had a strain in his neck so whether it was from when he was in the womb or whatever but we'd been bringing him to an osteopath and she very very clearly explained it like when his head is jarred back like that he can't get as much fluid into him yeah and so we've been dealing with getting that sorted he is much improved in a month and now he's definitely gaining weight he's not gaining it at the same you know rate as most other kids but he's thriving yeah um and you know as my mum like she's great she she called me yesterday uh, after she'd had him and she was like I just want you to know that I've started to notice little bracelets on his hands and when I was holding him today like the bracelets is in the little kind Aww. of you know little fat bracelets <laughs> little chubbies <laughs> yeah so she's like your tig is doing just fine and we baby art was over from London last week and she was saying you know art's much bigger than tig but she was like I now don't feel that I'm carrying art who's really big to then carrying Thai who's really small she was like the difference between them is just decreasing yeah. um so it's nice to have that reassurance as well yeah um but I love I love the breastfeeding I find it really handy it's you know it's I don't have to worry about bottles and I'm just so glad I was able to do it and I'm yeah. so glad that he loves it yeah um, and he's taken to it yeah because not all kids do like it's it's a real hard thing I think for people to do people have massive hurdles with yeah. it um, especially if you really want to do it and, and then the baby's just not into it yeah and you have to you have to just forego it you know yeah and I think that's a hard thing for people as well it's kind of like the birthing thing you, yeah. you can't have this plan and my worry is you know hopefully there'll be a next time that I've loved the breastfeeding so much that I'm like I hope the next little one loves it as much as he does yeah because if they don't then I'll be like Oh no, but again, you have to be, you yeah. have to be like open to it, yeah, whatever it might be. Yeah, they're all different, so it's, you know, but I do remember Alice was quite small when she was born, she was six, nine, and she lost a good bit of weight at the start, mm-hmm. and we were meeting a girl, we both had our babies at the same day, but there was actually three pounds of a difference on their birth weight, and so Alice was obviously a girl, and she had a boy. Um, so they were ne- every time we put them together wow. like he was like a tumper in comparison to little yeah. Alice and I just had to keep saying to myself but he came out three pounds heavier so yeah. she's never like for her to gain that much weight if we're, where he started exactly you know so they're they were never like for like so I could never kind of go she should be there because she didn't start off and it's so hard I think as a new mum and I've seen and, it, and I've taken reassurance out of other mums like Emma O'Leary of Life with Tiny Humans. She's on, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. She's a public health nurse saying, oh, the baby's underweight. Um, Orla Conlon is the same, like baby number four, and the, the the weight is an issue. It's because we use just this one metric of thriving yep. of weight. Yep. It's an awful thing to, as a new mum, that's your one metric of, like, success. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to kind of kind of go buy it I read the public health nurse every two days mm-hmm. and I remember I, I'd set myself a target of if I get to this weight 
um, I'm buying Alice a pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I just needed like something to just as a reward. Towards, yeah. 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 And I got her a pair of gold leather goose and ganders. And they're, yeah, I just love them because for me, that was, we hit a milestone. Yeah. And I was just so happy to finally, when the public health nurse was like, she's hit her target. I was like, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. It's so stressful. It is. I, I just, I, I think, you know, they have to have a metric to go by. I get yeah. it. It's, it's the health system. It's the way it is. But I'd always said pre-baby, you know, you don't worry about, you know, don't sweat the small stuff unless it's a big problem. But you do. And, you know, I'm kind of in the throes of physio appointments for his neck, dietitian appointments, you know, where they're also asking you, what do you eat every day? Yeah. And I'm like, hang on a second. <laughs> like, it just, it, it gets really personal. Um. But I think I just try and take it with a pinch of salt and reassure myself I'm doing the best for him. You know, when I give him top ups of formula, he throws it up because he's had too much in general. Yeah. Um, and he's just, you know, as a public health nurse said to me the last day, she said, you know, looking at both of you, like maybe his genetics are that he was never going to be this, you know, big old child. Every child is different. Yeah. Um, and he's developing fine. All of his developmental kind of um, milestones are being hit so right now we're doing okay and it's just it's not to be so hard on yourself yeah but it is it's a lot of work it's a lot of pumping to make sure you have enough of a supply um almost overproducing now to make sure that I have enough there for him but then I'm like I'd rather be overproducing than underproducing and you just every day is a is a new learning curve really isn't it you know I've never had to do this before I don't know anything yeah um but look he keeps me on my toes doesn't he and he's so gorgeous. Oh, he's a little pet. And you are you still using reusable nappies at time? <laughs> I knew this was gonna come up. Yes. Yeah. Look, um Because no, I've the only people I know are people that live abroad in a hot climate. So I'm like, okay, I can yeah, that's for a I, reason. Yeah, I'm like mm. I I can get now how these nappies would work. Now we've had a pretty warm summer, so Yeah. In theory we should all be doing it. Yeah, but I also live in an apartment. So oh, yeah. we can't have a closed source out in a balcony. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, um, and I, I kind of thought it was funny there where you were saying like, you know, about sustainable living and in my intro, I was like, hang on, really? Is that, was that what people see me as? But I suppose, yeah, it is something that I am quite passionate about. And it started with manly and sustainability yeah. of our brand. And it's just something that in life I'm very conscious of. Um, I'd set myself the challenge of it. Um, I knew that it was going to be something that I would give a try. Um, and Owen, strangely enough, was quite on board with it. You know, I kind of thought he'd be like, oh, here she here she goes. You know, it's kind of like it started off as No Meat Monday and that kind of went to No Meat Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And he's going, where's my chicken? <laughs> you know, I kind of said, oh, I'll just do this for like two days a week or three days a week and I'd be super proud. Yeah. And then it went to four days and five days and six days. And that's the way it is. Um. It hasn't come without its struggles, but at the start, I remember doing it and just going, if only I'd have known it was this easy, yeah. I would have purchased them right at the beginning and had them in them straight or had him in them straight away. Um, he's teething now, so we've had two solid weeks of a minimum of five dirty nappies a day, anything up to 10. And like this is going from a, a kid who's a kind of a, a three dirty nappy a week kind of a guy yeah. to that. And you're like, whoa, like, holy shit, quite literally. <laughs> But um, it's definitely, I, I think what I try and do is there's all the haters out there who'll say it's actually not any benefit for the environment. 
it's a massive benefit for the environment to use reusable nappies. I don't put on these crazy high washes that last two hours. I actually do less than what they tell you to do. And then every now and again, I'll blast them so that any of the buildup is removed. And the thing is, I'd actually, I'd love to do something on them with people because I've had so many mums get in touch with me through Instagram and I'm just sending them all back voice notes now and just giving them hints and tips and they're like oh my god just put this into a video Emma because it actually makes it so accessible but I had a local mum friend Anne who talked me through the whole thing and she was my kind of go-to and she still is my go-to girl for this where I'm like hey Anne you know I left the house today again without putting the outer wrapping on it yeah so guess what it went all the way through his clothes again did you keep doing this or how did you overcome it's just asking you know questions but it's it's it comes with its difficulties in that we do live in an apartment and we live in Ireland and I went for the bamboo ones which don't dry as quickly okay um but I'm learning and I think I'm definitely getting ways to deal with it better and it's just a few little tips and tricks here and there that make you go actually it's not that big of a deal and the way I see it is if I can commit to that three days a week brilliant right now I'm at six yeah um when he gets his jabs he's not allowed to wear them okay. um because I think that they put the active bug into the them virus, yeah. yeah so that can actually come out in their nappy yeah, and that yeah. it needs to be just thrown away Exposed, yeah. um so you know we'll have all those little things but I think for the time being I'm definitely going to keep it up and I will use those nappies then for number two. Yeah. And for, God, maybe there's going to be a number three, four and five. Who knows? Right now I want a football team. So it'll be the most economical way to, to keep them in nappies. But yeah, it's, I'm really, I'm, I'm actually really proud of myself that I did it. I don't mean to sound like a total knob, but I am really proud that I went through with it because I didn't know if I'd have the, I don't know, the staying power. Yeah. And I think even if I was to do it up until he was one, that's a massive achievement. Huge achievement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's the time. Yeah. That I have to ask you three questions. Okay. Firehead. You, you ready? I am. What would you tell your pregnant self? You're doing just fine. Yeah. Um I th- I I think because I'd never been pregnant before. And I had what the the hospital called an uneventful pregnancy. (laughs) So I was blissfully happy through pregnancy. Um, I never had swelling. I never had complications. I just didn't want to eat fish. Yeah. Um, You know, and in my world, that was a sad thing. But in general, it's fine. Um, I was still going to the gym a lot. Um, And, you know, you have people looking at you as you're dangling from a bar or whatever it might be that you're doing. But I also got advice on, on what I could continue doing. Yeah. Um, and I always wondered, was I pushing it? You know, we had our first opening of Blast Out in Dundrum. Um, so opening a store when you're four months pregnant isn't maybe the wisest thing to do. But I didn't do anything wrong. Um, I just continued to do what I had been doing. And I think that that, I just had so many people telling me, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. And I was like, that's not me though. This yeah. is me. Um, so yeah, just you're doing fine because I was. And I felt good. I felt strong. I felt mentally the most relaxed and least anxious I've ever been in my life. I I was in a wonderful place. That's so. Uh, there's no wonder then that number two, three, four, and five will be coming along shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Owen. I haven't. I haven't uh, landed that bomb on him yet. I've broken that news. Hey, hon. <laughs> <laughs> and what one product could you not live without? Placenta pills. Really? Did you do yeah. that? Yeah, I thought about it, and then I felt that it was too much 
on the day now ret- looking back actually we probably wouldn't have worked out for us because things went just too fast but so tell me yeah so I had always thought about it um, and I did a bit of research there's a few companies in Ireland but there's a company called Placenta TLC down in Cork and just basically was chatting with them about how it would work it's as simple as that I had the same concerns like when you're in the middle of having a baby how do you think about getting your placenta to cork um, and they were just amazing at all the advice and everything that they gave it was the simplest process now bearing in mind we did have to go back to our freezer in the house to get the pack because yeah. one thing that really pissed me off was the hospital didn't accommodate that really yeah like they should just have a freezer for the freezer packs um, yeah. and it's something that I've actually reported into them because there's a lot of people looking for placenta pills these days and the least that they can do they're not storing the placentas they're just merely storing an ice pack yeah and um, so I did have own run ragged and my mum back and forth because every day we thought we were having the baby so I was like get the placenta pack and then I was like put the placenta pack back in the fridge or the freezer um I felt so we we posted them off and they literally came back the very next day and my placenta gave me 166 pills and I, I kind of dragged the arse out of it, to be honest, because I took less than they advised yeah. and spread them out over time because I was actually really fearful of a real bad come down. Never. Well, I was actually, I was very sad taking my last pill. I remember I was like, oh, will you take a picture of this? Because this is a moment that, this is when me and my, my bump have yeah. reached the end of our journey, you know? Um, I just think they gave me like insane amounts of energy. I never had a day where I cried. I just was very, very balanced and everything was manageable. Now, bearing in mind that we have a child that loves his sleep yeah. and he loves to be like he is now, down, rolling around, looking at what's around him. You know, he's on on the easier end of things. I still think that they gave me a huge amount. Now, I'd need to be able to compare it to another pregnancy, yeah. but anyone I've spoken to says the exact same thing. So I would never, ever doubt Next time round, I would it would be the first call I make after finding out I'm pregnant. Okay. Absolutely. And I think it should be more encouraged. I think yeah. it should be something that in antenatal classes they talk about and don't say, oh, there's no research for it. Because actually there is. But people aren't doing enough research yeah. into it. Yeah, it's the volume of research, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that's what puts people off because they're like, I'm not going to do something to my body if there's not research there. Everything starts without research. We need more people to do it in order to get more research. Yeah. And what has been your magic moment? It's so hard to pick one thing. And I don't think it was like the moment I had him. Like I remember when I asked basically what gender he was and just going, oh my God, because I thought it was a girl. Um, And there's all these little moments along the way where you're just like, wow. But I think that for me, it's been the transition of seeing own become dad yeah. because I think there's, Oh God. Now this is where I get teary. <laughs> oh God. This is so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. I think I'm always aware of not having a dad. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. These are just going to keep coming. <laughs> um, I'm always going to be aware that my dad's no longer here and he was a magnificent dad to me. And obviously, thank you for the tissues. <laughs> obviously, um, he's never going to have the opportunity to meet granddad Dave. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. But Owen's got this opportunity to be 
you know, an amazing dad to Thaik, like my dad was to me. And just seeing that blossom and grow. And I think one thing I've I've found a bit difficult to deal with is knowing that my dad was taken, you know, when he was 50 years of age. And, you know, how what age would Thaik be if Owen were to be taken at that age? You know, yeah. you just, you can't help these really negative thoughts. Yeah. And just, I remember looking at him and just going, you're going to be an incredible dad and you guys have years together. And it was just, I don't know, it's its obviously just stuff that plays in your mind when you do of your first child. Um, and I just think that he's just blossomed into being the most loving, beautiful dad. And for me, that's a magic moment because I loved him from the moment I laid eyes on him. I have magic moments every day with him. But my real magic moment was that when I just... I caught them in a, a little moment of the two of them together and I was like, you're a whopper dad and I'm so glad that you're his dad and we're on this journey together. That's beautiful, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lucky boy. He really yeah. is. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me and thank you for having this podcast. I'm going to thank you on behalf of a, a lot of mums out there who tune in regularly and, and need need the other stories from mums and yeah. need to know. Yeah, that we're all individual and we'll we'll get there. Absolutely, we all get there in the end. <laughs> we do. Thank you so much, Ty, my very first podcast baby. <laughs> <laughs> he loved it. There were no tears. He's having the time of his life down there. So thank you so much, Emma, and best luck with everything in the future. I love watching your designs and you being a mum on Instagram so keep it up and I know it's hard when you're kind of a bit like me you're private but it's kind of nice to see little snippets as well thank you thank you very much thank you thank you for downloading this episode of For All Mumkind if you've enjoyed it please rate, review and subscribe if you'd like to send me a message please email forallmumkind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast